Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amounts with CCAR President Ron Leach and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, Ron. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to The Top. It's great to be here today. It sure is, and today's topic will not disappoint. I'm really excited about this one. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Luis Torres from the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M, and we're talking about the rising costs of new builds. This is certainly a current and an important issue. We are seeing price increases each week, leaving many with questions. That's for sure. And Dr. Torres is a research economist who studies the Texas economy and real estate market, as well as researching the U.S. and world economies. He developed regional indicators that measure economic activity in the real estate industry and forecast housing and commercial markets. And he also oversees various publications. I bet he has lots of answers for us today. I certainly hope so. Hi, Dr. Torres. Hey, hi, Ron. How are you? Very good. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you for reaching out to us. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. So, Dr. Torres, I'm wondering, are you surprised by the rising new home build prices and the speed at which they're increasing right now? Yeah, I'm definitely surprised by the rate of increase, um, especially on lumber prices. If you look at the numbers from the PPI, uh, the Production uh, Price Index, from the Bureau of Statistics, you can see that there's an annual increase in the month of March around 83%. That's a historical high. If you look at, the, at that series all the way back to the 1940s, it's, it's never reached that level. So yes, definitely surprised at the rate of increase. What, what's happening to these to drive these increases? So basically, you know, I think supply bottlenecks. That has been the major culprits behind this. As we shut down the economy last year during the, during the, you know, due to the pandemic, wood mills and other factories shut down. And as they reopened, uh, the, the economy faced strong demand, especially from the housing market. And what happens when you have strong demand combined with weak uh, supply, well, prices adjust upwards. And that's where we're seeing, especially in the case of subwood lumber, right? Dr. Torres, are there any other increases that you're seeing, experiencing besides just lumber? You know, I'm, I'm out there and, uh, you know, selling these new homes, and, and I'm hearing that, you know, concrete is going up, the price of nails is even going up, and the shortage of labor as well. So, yeah, so what we're seeing of in the plywood lumber is an example, but we're seeing this in a lot of industries. Not only construction industries, but we've seen, like, you know, in manufacturing, we've heard the cases of, of, of Ford and GM closing some factories. Why? Because in, in rising house, uh, car prices also and other products in general, like you, you mentioned, nails, concrete, all of this. So all this is related. Why? Again, this is a, a supply bottleneck. What happened? We shut down the factories during the pandemic, and then suddenly we opened, then suddenly we opened the economy up. But we open up at a high rate. We're recovering, right? So what happened is basically can't catch up with demand curve. You know, it would be great for these, uh, for these factories to step on a finger, right, to, to increase output. But, you know, it takes time. And we're seeing this all around different industries, not just only construction, but other industries where they're facing these type of supply bottlenecks. But as we move forward, you know, I think it's going to get better. Right, because you know they're, they're going to be able to ramp up production and catch up 
with such strong demand. And don't forget, this year we're expecting such high growth rate for the U.S. economy, tech economy, the health economy. The U.S. economy is supposed to grow around 6.5%. So think about it, your, your, your code basically closed down. They can also add that at that moment, there was a lot of uncertainty going forward. You didn't know how the, the pandemic was going to play out. There was no vaccine at that moment. Right. So you were a little bit worried about it. You'd be like, okay, I don't want to invest right now. I'm not going to ramp up production. I'm going to keep it at a low. I'm more on the high, on the high risk side going forward. There's more uncertainty going forward. So I'm probably not going to produce more. I'm not going to buy inputs. So they were basically unprepared for this big upsurge in demand. When we, when we're currently when we're opening the economy. What about Dr. Torres, the commercial side of the uh, construction? Are they experiencing some of the same issues that we are from a residential build standpoint? Well, you know, construction, it's been, you know, of course they, they've had an issue, of, especially the input, you know, like you mentioned nails, concrete, all these. But you know what happens? Look, they kind of slow down. Why? Because, you know, compared to the housing market, it's doing so well currently, unexpectedly well. The commercial market, you know, there was a lot of a, a lot of uncertainty going forward, and it was it was affected more by the pandemic. With the exception of industrial, was benefited by the pandemic because you know of online purchases accelerated due to the pandemic. Right. The other industry, the other sectors like office and retail, well, they've, they've been affected, and you can see right away in the, in the construction numbers they kind of slowed down. They're not ramping up like comparison to the residential sector. The single family, and now we're kind of seeing also multifamily kind of increasing uh, a little bit also. So, yes, they definitely really are going to be affected by the prices of input, especially construction input, but they're not having that issue as much because they're not, there's not a lot of production in the pipeline currently for commercial. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you for answering that. So, Dr. Torres, you kind of highlighted on this a little bit before, but can you tell us some of the indications that you have of when prices might level out a little bit? Let me go back to the, the example of plywood. What we're seeing, uh, if you look at the numbers of, of production, that's production of plywood, what, uh, the good news is that market numbers are actually back to pre-COVID levels. So that's great news. Also, imports of lumber from Canada and the rest of the world are increasing at a very high rate. So that definitely alleviates the issue, supply issues going forward and, of course, help out with the, with the, with the prices. So we're seeing this in the majority of the industries, right? They're coming back. Output is increasing. It's coming back to pre-COVID levels. It depends on the industry. The good news for plywood, it's back to pre-COVID levels. Production here in our country, in the U.S., and imports are increasing at a high rate. So we're seeing all of this across the board, right? But it takes time, right? But the good news going forward, that definitely alleviates some of, of the supply bottlenecks we're facing currently. And that should translate into into lower price codes going forward, helping, you know, especially the home builders, to, you know, do those costs, help, helping home builders, home, the home builders going forward. So is it unreasonable to think that the prices are going to drop to what we once considered normal? I, I can see that, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, production is ramping up. You know, uh, imports are ramping up. You see all these, the U.S. economy, the world economy, food manufacturing is coming back. In some sectors, it's come back to pre-COVID levels. Definitely, again, once you see that output, that supply coming back, back on, definitely that would alleviate those prices. Those prices. And, I, yes, definitely, we should see more normal price growth going forward, okay. right? I think this is a short-run issue, a short-run bottleneck that we're facing, 
as we reopen the economy. But going forward, this should kind of slow down. Okay. So in your opinion, if you have someone who's thinking about buying a new house or even a home in general, do you think they should wait? No, that's a great question. You know, but that definitely depends on the person, right? It depends on what is your, well, your, your life plan, right? This is a major, one, of the, one of the most major investments you're going to do in your life. So you have to be, you know, a lot of things play a role here, right? It's not just, you know, of course, job security. Right now, if you have job security, uh, number of children, uh, where are you in your life? All of these things play a role. And to find the house you're looking for in your budget, I would say go for it, right? Why wouldn't you do it, right? I, I know right now prices are really going at a really high rate because of the lack of supply of, of homes for sale, and that's affecting that. But still, you know, if, if, in, if it's in your budget and you found the house of your dreams and, you can, and it's not going to be a conservative burden to you, and it's like all these things, all these stars are, are aligned in favor, why would you stop? Why would you not purchase it, right? Like every situation is different, right? Every person is different. Every household is different. Of course, if if you're not finding the house that you actually wanted, to, and it has issues, right? And you're going to go over your budget, and you're going to just work. You're going to work to live in the house, and you're not going to have the excess of buying a, a, a travel, and you're going out with your family. Then I wouldn't worry about that. But if you're not in that boat, you know every household is different. If you found it, the house of your dreams, then I wouldn't say why wouldn't you do that, right? Now the other issue going forward, you know. Inflation is going up, and of course, interest rates are going to go up. Mortgage rates are definitely going up. Why? Because inflation is going up. So that's a factor also people should understand going forward that mortgage rates are on the up somewhat, right? We're not, we're not, I'm not talking about the 1970s inflation or 1980s, early 1980s inflation that translated into higher mortgage rates, but mortgage rates should increase somewhat. We're expecting in 2021 inflation to go up to be around 2.5%. Uh, that's you know, it's a little bit higher than than we've had in the previous years, but that's translating also into higher mortgage rates. Yeah. Normally, when I sit down and talk to clients, you know, we review, you know, what is their budget, and you know, obviously, we've got the principal and the interest, uh, and the interest rate, you know, might go up a little bit, but you know, I also make make sure that they're aware of taxes and insurance. You know, those are items that are probably are not going to go down. And so, you know, you've got to anticipate some sort of increases. Uh, your principal and interest may be fixed, but those taxes and insurance are not. So, Correct. But, you know, as, as I visit with clients and they're entering, are we entering a new housing bubble that we know one day is going to pop? But, but do you have a view on that, Dr. Torres? Well, I would say no. I get that question a lot. So just think about the 2006-2007 housing uh, boom and bust, right? Think about, we have three conditions that happened there. Three, three, three things happened there. First, we had loose lending cycles, right? I think that's the common from everybody. You lived through that, Ron. You, you saw that. Right. Basically, unfortunately, a lot of people were getting loans, mortgage loans. They shouldn't have gotten a mortgage loan, right? But it was a joke that if you, were, if you could breathe, you were alive, they would give you a mortgage loan. So that's not currently happening right now. After that, two, after that, that after that housing bust, and after the 2008, 2009 Great Recession financial crisis, the standards change, right? It's not as easy. There's no, there's no loose lending standards currently. You know, I refinance my house currently, and you know, because right away there's more standards prerequisites for you when you're applying for a mortgage. It's not like, oh, here's your mortgage, you can get it. Just come in here in the office, right? It's not 2006, it's 2007, right? right. Second, lack of oversight. Uh, at that moment, the institutions 
solutions that look over the banking system, the financial system, the mortgage, the mortgage uh, financial system. Well, they were looking at the other side. They were not doing their job. There was a lot of lax oversight. There was a lot of bad practices that we saw. We saw, uh, and we, they showed up when the housing bust ended. A lot of these firms went down. Right? That's not happening. Right? That changed after the Great Recession. So we, those, those two major factors are not in play currently. Third, it would be investment money. At that moment, you know, a lot of people taking advantage of the, of the lax, uh, of the loose living standards, lax oversight, they would buy a house with the investment purpose, right? I would buy it, I would flip it, or I want another house so I can rent it. People would own two or three houses. We saw that. That was, you know, kind of, so you put that signals, and that's not currently happening. If you, why we have such a house, a strong housing market, why we have such strong demand is because people want to live in the house, right? They want that house. They want a bigger house. I want to work. I'm, pay, I'm, I'm probably going to work for my house. I need bigger space. I need bigger space for my kids. I'm probably not going to commute every day to my office going forward. So now I can live outside, you know, at other sites. But I, I do need a house because I want it to. I want to live in it, right? I don't. It's not an investment purpose because I want to play for or, or rent or something like that. So all these three factors are not at a play right now. But right. I can't. I, what I can tell you. This is the I, at the center, we did a little exercise where we try to estimate what would be the actual price, the, the actual uh, actual price is home price, and we base that on fundamentals like population growth, deployment growth, income growth, and then we kind of model what what the price, is. and then we compare them to actual price. What we are seeing is there a misalignment. Actual prices right now are running at, at a very high level, as you, all of you know, uh, compared to fundamentals. So there's some kind of misalignment, uh, but it's more due, more due to the lack of supply, right? So that's when you go into the idea of what's a bubble. Normally, when you have a bubble, there's free money, there's free credit. And we misuse that credit, and suddenly somebody takes that punch, punch ball away, right? And then when it crashes. So think about it. There's no loose money around right now. So all these people that are buying homes, they have the capacity to buy those homes, and they're checking they're checking their credit. So there's no loose money out there for everybody to get a mortgage loan, right? So that's why I'm saying there's no... I, I don't see currently what constitutes a housing bubble. Okay. What I do see is a misalignment of price. Okay. Gotcha. That's great to hear. Well, Dr. Torres, this is a little bit off topic, but you know, we're hearing on the news that we should be ready for price increases on just about everything. In your opinion, is that right? Is that something we should be looking out for? I I agree with that. That's totally right. We should be looking uh, for that. We've seen it, you know, we talked about it a minute ago what's happening with with construction inputs. They're rising at a higher rate. If you, if you, I've heard comments, people wanting to buy a, a car also, they've seen higher increases. If you, you know, uh, just got tires also. So all these things, we're seeing all these issues. Again, why? Because of the supply bottle. A lot of things closed down, and now the economy is doing really well. It's almost re- it's reopening. We're seeing a lot of activity in the, in the demand side, strong demand, and that's pushing up prices. And definitely, yes, Prices are up, so be so be wary of that going forward. Like I mentioned earlier, the forecast for inflation for 2021 is around 2.5 percent, and of course that's an average, right? Now some products are going to rise at a higher level than others, right? Some products are going to uh, 
uh, high, uh, rise in a lower level of that, but 2.5 uh, rate inflation for 2021. Definitely. Now, the good news is it's seen as a transitory effect. It's not seen as a permanent effect where we can stay there uh, for, for like for the coming years, 2.5. Uh, again, it's seen as a short-term effect. Why? Again, because of the supply element. But still, let's be careful, right? Let's be, let's look at that going forward, and hopefully that does occur. And this, these inflation pressures are only temporary that we're going to see, and not they're not they don't stay there for like for, for them for in the future, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So before we let you go, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know? No, oh, just like just to make, just to be to, for them to know that as inflation goes up, so does uh, interest rates, right? Think about your principles of finance class. Think about it. the normal interest rate. Any interest rate equals what? The real rate they want to get from you, the people who, who give you the loan, plus what? Inflation. So if inflation goes up, interest rates go up. And what does that mean? What does that translate to the housing market? It means that mortgage rates will go up. So just to be able to be aware of that, that you know those, those lower rates that we saw last year, are probably are, are behind us going forward. I'm not expecting, you know, like I mentioned earlier, 1970s or early 1980s inflation, but definitely inflation is going to pick up, and definitely that's going to translate into somewhat higher mortgage rates going forward. Well, Dr. Torres, uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, time for speaking with us today. So you're welcome, and it's a pleasure speaking to you today. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also like you to leave us a review too. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com, then listen to hear us cover it. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And be sure to ask me why I vote at invest. Special thanks to our host, John Fernandez and Ron Leach. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.